Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. I'd like to welcome all those in our South Campus. I'd like to welcome those in our Grovetown Campus, all those watching online, and uh, hope you've had a wonderful week. Did you watch any football this week? Just wondering. I mean, I mean, I mean, some of you did probably. You know, have you ever noticed how one person can make a difference? You know, even one point can make a difference. I mean, you may have thirty points, but just that one point sometimes can can keep you from laughing and almost make you cry a little bit. You know, <laughs> that one point just sometimes just turns the tears on. So you really have to watch that 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 one, the power of one. Congratulations, all the Georgia fans. You're used to winning. I was just thinking about it today, and I know all of you don't know me, but yeah, I was thinking about my grandchildren. I have three grandchildren. They have never lived in a day where South Carolina beat Clemson. But today is a new day, a new beginning. So anyway, I hope you've had a wonderful Thanksgiving week, and specifically Thanksgiving Day. We had the a crowd over at our house. We had our kids, our grandkids. We had Patty's parents, uh, her sister, their kids, grandkids. So we had a house full. And, you know, on occasion when you have a house full, you think, man, I bet Cracker Barrel would have been nice today. <laughs> but but they're, they're sweet folks and everything else. You know, when you go to those types of events or um, big dinners, I think there really there's there's five words that really get my attention and cause me to lean in. Those five words is, let us say the blessing. Because when I know that those words are spoken, that, that it is about to happen, that, that we've been working so hard on for uh, several hours or maybe even several days, you know, we're about to lean in and we're about to enjoy the best meal of possibly the entire year. Let's say the blessing. But when we think about that, saying the blessing, where does that come from? Is that just maybe your family tradition? Is that just something you do? You know, when you think about the concept of praying before a meal, saying the blessing, that is something that we talked about even last week as we talked about the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper, that Jesus broke bread and he gave thanks and so when we uh, sit down at a meal and we pause and we give thanks, we're following in the footsteps of Jesus, thanking God for his blessing and his provision on our lives. And his blessing is more than just a, a table full of food. It's that, of course, but it is so much. It is his favor on our lives. In fact, when you start thinking about the word blessing, uh, the word blessing uh, talks about God's favor, but it's when God takes something or someone and he blesses it. And a blessing is when God takes what a person has and then multiplies it. A blessing is when God takes someone or some person and, and takes what he has and he multiplies it. It is like God makes it go further than you ever imagined possible. The word blessing means 
the favor of the Lord. It means to speak well of. I think we also see in that that blessing is, is God's protection over us. God's uh, protection over us, his provision over us. Oftentimes in church, we call this God's anointing on us. Well, today I want to open up the pages of the Old Testament, and we want to focus really on two sections of Scripture, but mainly on Psalm chapter 1. Some of you have read the Psalms throughout your life, and there's 150 of these short little chapters. And it's interesting that um, if you go a little bit deeper in that, you'll understand that uh, Psalms, um, the book of Psalms is really divided into five different sections, and uh, they connect with the first five books of the Bible. And so from Psalm chapter 1 to 41, um, they focus on the book of Genesis. And so today we're focusing on Psalm chapter 1. Listen to these verses as I read. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates both day and night. He is like a tree that's planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. But not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over. He watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. When we read these words, we start to see how the writer is contrasting two different ways of living. And I think we see five different ways that God blesses us in these verses. But notice this, the word wicked, and um, let's read this again. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, does not stand in the way of the sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. We want to look at that a little bit deeper here. The word wicked in this case is not referring to people like murderers and rapists and drug dealers and so forth. Yes, all of those folks are wicked, but in this particular scripture, it's not talking about those, uh, it's not a label for those individuals. In fact, it's referring to a person who has little time for God in his life. The wicked person is someone that has ruled God out of his affairs. He's, he's pushed God away. I think there's times that all of us have found ourselves in, in that situation where we've kind of edged God out of our lives. In fact, that's a good definition for ego. Ego, you spell ego, E-G-O. That's when you edge God out of your lives. And, and there are times that we go through where we just want to be in charge and we start to edge God out. I've got this under my control. God, I don't need you now. But this passage of Scripture is warning us, don't live that way. On the other hand, a righteous person is that one who's willing to include God, include God in his or her life. It's when you open yourself up to, to favor. And we start to see those three words, to walk, to stand, and to uh, sit, they give us a deeper picture or understanding of this verse. 
To walk, let's be very practical, to walk is a reference to the, to the decisions that we make. It's like taking your next step. Walking is taking a series of steps, and we make decisions as we go throughout the day. And do you know that those decisions that you make today will eventually will impact your days ahead? And so you are writing your future with the decisions that you're making right now in your present. So he's saying to walk, it's talking about your decisions. Make good decisions. To stand here, to stand means to your commitments. Every day we, we stand on certain causes or, and we give ourselves to certain things. And we determine this is important and we stand with that. And so it's speaking about our commitments that we're going to stand. He said, don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't let your commitment be with those people that are edged God out that will take um, you to a place that, that would not be a place of honor. And finally, to sit, that's a picture of a settled mind or an attitude. It, it really talks about a disposition in your life. And so he's speaking that the psalmist is saying, now look, we're talking about a person who's blessed. We're talking about a person who understands what it means to be content on the inside, to, uh, to be, have a, a place of happiness. And that person can be recognized by the fact that he's not going to make decisions like the ungodly, but he's going to follow the Lord. When you follow the Lord, he's going to walk He's going to lead you down the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, and you will find a place of peace. It's interesting. When, when it's talked about standing in the way of sinners, actually that word there actually means those people who make a lot of trouble. So be careful when you hang out with troublemakers because troublemakers, their trouble can, can affect you. Their trouble can come down on you. If you're in the wrong car with the wrong person, you can find yourself behind bars. And so you have to be careful of the people that you hang out with. And he says, or sit in the, the, uh, is a picture of that subtle attitude. And so when he's talking about the seat of mockers, he's referring to those people who mock, those people who blame everybody for their own issues. You probably know some of those folks. They want to blame everybody. They just don't want to take responsibility for themselves. And so those are the contrast here. We see the contrast of blessing and the contrast of people who are edging God out. Now, where do we fit in this process? We fit here. That today, as we look at this scripture and we're saying, God, speak to me through your word. Speak to me through these scriptures. And so part of our responsibility as we read this and we see where we fit into the story, it is beckoning us to take an honest look at ourselves. We take an honest look and we need to see how it affects us, how we make decisions. Or how about the people who influence our lives? Because, you know, the company that you keep will either have a positive influence on your life or they will have a negative influence in your life. You have to be careful about the people that you hang out with. Here's the point. Choose your friends carefully. Choose your friends carefully. You know, you'll become like the five people that you spend the most time with. In our world, people 
who are noted or have a large following on social media are called thought leaders or influencers. Influencers. Because they have a way of shaping our interest and shaping our attitudes and maybe shaping those things that we like to purchase. We have to be careful in a practical realm of those people around us, those five people around us that are influencing our lives on a day-to-day basis. They're impacting our decision-making. And so start to choose those people, your circle of five, and be very careful with that circle. Be very careful and use wisdom Because before you know it, their influence can become so strong that you are just following along with the crowd of your crowd of five. Let's move on. The second verse is, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates both day and night. Now, the law of the Lord, and you say, what is the law of the Lord? That is the Bible as we know it. I believe that within the pages of the Bible, you will discover principles that will help you make good decisions, and I believe you'll discover your purpose, and you'll start to understand why you've been placed on this earth. That's why we encourage you to read the Bible, to know God's Word, to know His will. But notice the phrase, who meditates on it, his law, day and night. What does meditation mean? I think in our minds, and uh, maybe through television, we have this picture of meditation as a, a moment where we empty our thoughts. We get everything out of our mind. There's nothing in our mind, and it's just empty. But that's not what the Bible is talking about here. That's not the case. Meditation simply means, from this scripture, meditation means to seriously think about something. That's what meditation means. You're going to seriously think about it. You're going to process it. You're going to think about it throughout the day, throughout the week. You're going to talk it out. You want to apply it to your life. For me, meditation is a prayerful mulling over a scripture or over a situation. And as I prayerfully mull over a scripture, it's like that the word comes to life. And I start to ponder it, and I start to see how it has been applied to my life and how God's favor and a blessing has come. I believe that as you do that, God will allow new thoughts to come into your mind. It could be even today, as you're on our South Campus, as you're on our Grovetown Campus, right here on Stevens Creek Road, you're sitting in this service. As you're sitting in this service, some of you will have new thoughts. You'll have a new idea. You'll need, I need to do this. I need to take care of this. I need to talk to this person. And at times, yes, it is distractions that are keeping you from hearing God's word. But at other times, it's God's word quickening this. It's God's word prompting you to do this. That you're in a place here where you're meditating on God's word and God's word is leading you to take a step. God's word is leading you to have a conversation. God's word is leading you to do something new or do something different. So let God's word come and inspire you. Let God's word help you 
read the Bible. Here's the point. Immerse yourself in God's Word. As you seriously think about the Bible, I believe that you'll find peace and you'll find strength to go on. As you immerse, there's something powerful about God's Word, and you read it, and it releases His peace in your life, gives you insight, gives you strength along the way. Now, what happens when you do that? You become grounded. You become rooted. We go to the next verse. It said, that person is like a tree. That person that reads and meditates, that is growing deep, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in season. He yields its fruit in season, and his leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. You'll be like that tree that you're going to bring out fruit in season. Some of you feel like you're at a dead-end place. You feel like you're at a dry place and that nothing's happening. But when you look at this verse of Scripture and you look at it with the practical aspect of sowing and reaping, you know, there are times that you sow, there are times that you water, there are times that, that uh, the fruit is growing deep, and the roots are growing deep, and then there's times of fruitfulness. Interesting thing, last spring, I planted tomato plants at, at our house. I thought, okay, maybe I can live off the land. And so, um, so I planted some tomato plants, and uh, they came up quickly in May. And it, my dad always taught me this. He said, son, and this is not true, okay? So everything that your dad teaches is not always true, but he thought it was true in his life. He said, son, you always need to plant the garden on Good Friday because Jesus was in the grave on Good Friday, and on, after three days, it came up. And if you plant on Good Friday, you'll have good crops for the rest of the season. I'm thinking like, okay, it's really according to where your planting zone is, okay? But my dad believed that till he, day, he died. And uh, I wouldn't always encourage you to do that. And next year, I'm not going to do that because here's what happened. And so by the time June comes around, I've got about 10 tomatoes on my plants. I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a bumper crop. Uh, this is going to be good. And, um, but it, second, third week in June, it got close to 100 degrees here. I mean, and, and I, I looked at the plants, and they just withered. They just withered, and, and it was just over. And I was so disappointed I just knew that I had this green thumb, but, but I don't. Um, and maybe that is like some of your lives, that you're at a place where you feel like you're in the heat. And instead of pressing through the heat, the difficult season, you just feel like you are withering away. Well, that was June, and I just thought, these plants are dead, they're over, and I just ignored them. I just went on about my life, and, and uh, I didn't, they probably got some sprinkler water, but, you know, I didn't take care of them, it didn't do anything else, really. And they're, they're just dead. That is until September. I walked out in my yard in September, and I'm thinking, my goodness, these things are alive. It was like when the heat uh, lessened that these plants uh, had a, a, uh, a new season, and they started to grow again to the point where yesterday I took this picture. 
And um, I am telling you, I have over 40 tomatoes on these vines, and I still have blooms coming. And I'm thinking, you know what? I am a farmer. <laughs> I'm a farmer. I, I can do this. But it is interesting. I thought the growing season was over. But these plants still had life in the vine. What I didn't understand is when I thought they were dead, it was just a development season. They were just getting ready for a time of fruitfulness to the point where I look back at June and I thought that was the season of fruitfulness, but they only had 10 tomatoes. I've got over 40 now, four times as much. Some of you are in a dry season and you thought your opportunities were dead. You thought this was never going to change, but could it be instead that you are in this development season? Could it be that God is working deep on the inside, that God is just growing you up, that God is, is opening doors for you that you can't even see. It's just not the right time. Could it be that God is growing you from the places where you cannot see? He's growing your roots deep. He said in, in this word that you will produce fruit. You will be productive along the way. I love that. It said it yields its fruit in season. In other words, you will be more productive. And whose leaf does not wither. In other words, when there is a recession, you will not dry up. Because God has the power to cover you, to protect you, to bless you. Now, we have the opportunity to live underneath his blessing or we can move apart from his blessing. So we have to make this decision. Do we want to have the blessed life where we get under the covering of God or do we want to step away from his blessing and live according to our own ways? So get under God's blessing. Here's the point as you look at your life. I want you to think differently. I want you to think like a mature person. Think like a mature person. Because if you want to prosper, think long term. Think long term. There are times that you're planting seeds. There are times that you're fertilizing those plants. You're watering those. You're fertilizing. You're taking the weeds. And then there's a time when the productive season will be there. Don't give up in the dry times. Don't give up on your, your dream when it seems like it's not going to happen. If it is a God-given dream, then put that in his hand and continue to cultivate the soil and continue to fertilize that dream. I think so many of us, we just give up too early. We don't realize that God is working. We get distracted by things. We get distracted by a couple of setbacks. Just because you've had a setback or two doesn't mean that, that, that the game is over. Verse 4, he starts to 
contrast that he's talked about the the blessing the people who lived uh, under the blessings and now in verse 4 he says not so the wicked they are like chaff that the the wind blows away chaff is that seed covering it's really plant debris and he said the the wicked folks man they're like that debris they they're just going to blow they're not going to produce fruit they're just going to blow in the wind Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. So what the question is, what kind of life do you want? Do you want that kind of life that where you're rooted and you're grounded, even in the dry season, you have the confidence that this is going to turn around and that God is going to bring something good out of this? Are you that kind that you're going to just throw up your hands and give up and allow the wind to blow you from here or there? Don't be distracted by that. Don't be distracted by all the other things. Here's the point. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Don't be distracted by the things that really do not matter. And so often in life, we get distracted by those things that rob us of contentment. They rob us of joy. They rob us of productivity. They're just distractions. And all of us, we live in a world of distractions. And we've got to really develop a strength, an inner strength, that we start to focus on the path that God has us on. Focus. Stay in your lane. You have a lane. God has a purpose for your life. God has a dream for your life. Don't allow the world and all those things in it to pull you away from who you've been created and called to be. Verse 6, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Here's what he's saying. One day, every one of us, the righteous and the wicked, we're going to stand before a holy God and we're going to give an account of our one and only life. And in that moment, we can't blame it on our parents. We can't blame it on our our school. We can't blame it on the government. At that moment, it's going to be you and God. It's going to be God and me. Each one of us as an individual, we're going to give an account. And that's what he's saying. He said, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. If you're surrendering to him and, and lead, um, being led by him, he's going to watch over your way. He's going to make sure that the right doors are open for you. He's going to make sure that the right doors are closed in your life. He is watching over you, opening doors, doing things that you, you don't even see that, but it's his favor. It is his blessing. But the way of the wicked will perish. The way, of the, peop- the, the way uh, of the people who edge God out, who push God away, who say, no, I've got this under control here. If that's you, be careful. Because it says broad is the way of destruction. When you start to go with the crowd and, and you make decisions like everybody else and you allow the influencers to uh, Actions to be yours. Be careful. Narrow is the way that leads to life, but broad is the way that leads to destruction. Isn't it interesting? Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Broad way 
Very interesting choice of words. And, and the people who name Broadway, in, interesting to me that they named, they chose that name right out of the Bible. So we have a choice here. We can live under God's blessings or we can live apart from God's blessings. Very quickly, I want us to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And in this, we start to see that our choice, we get get to see our decision. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all of his commandments that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. And you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord. Five times in these verses in Deuteronomy chapter 28, it says, If you obey and carefully keep these commands, then I will do this. What he's saying is, you and I, we have a choice. We get to decide how we're going to live. You get to decide. It's your choice. And so, therefore, you're choosing, do you want to walk under his covering? Do you want to walk under blessing? Or do you want to be your own and walk toward destruction? We have a choice. So the promises of God are conditional. They're not automatic. Every promise has a premise. God says, if you'll do this, then I'll do that. Here's an example. If you'll confess your sin, what does he say? I will forgive you. If you'll call on me, I will save you. If you will obey me, that's I will bless you. And so we see these uh, that we have been given choices. I believe that God wants to bless you. And I know some of you may not believe that. God doesn't bless us because we deserve it. He blesses us because he enjoys doing that. In fact, he has stored up blessings for you. We're in Deuteronomy 28 just as an illustration here. Let's drop down to the next verse, verse 2. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord. Now, what blessings are we talking about? Very interesting. He said, your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. In other words, when you decide to surrender your life to God, He covers your life in blessing. He covers your life in favor. I'm not saying that you don't have bad days. I'm not saying you're not going to struggle, but here's what I'm saying. When the covering of God is over your life, you will not go through those bad days alone, but he will walk with you through that, that there's this spiritual covering, this spiritual energy. So many times we look at people and say, oh, it's because they're talented and they've got great skill and they've got great connections and all that can be true. But you know what? Greater than all of that, there's this spiritual force working on your behalf, moving you into a, a certain direction, protecting you, guiding you, and bringing his favor on you. And I believe if you look back over your life, you will see God's blessing on your life. Some of you remember the time that you were going down 
and just came this close to having a major wreck. And it was like something happened and like the car stopped or something happened and you were protected from that wreck. It was like an angel came and moved the car. You know, the Bible says that's what they do. Are not angels, according to the book of Hebrews, are not angels ministering spirits sent to minister to you? That's the covering. That's the coverage. God blesses you. That's part of his favor, the spiritual covering that you have been set apart. Now, look, you may not see God, but he's here. That's the point. You may not see God, but he is here. And God is watching over you. You're not alone through this. Now, very quickly, what happens when God watches over you? Listen to this. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. Some of you have been attacked over the last several weeks. And you want to retaliate so bad. And I would say to you today, just very clearly, give it over to the Lord and allow God to fight your battles. So the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction. They're going to come at you. But the Spirit of God's going to push them back so much that they're, they're not going to leave in one direction. They're going to just scatter. In fact, in seven different directions, the enemy will scatter. Some of you are at a place right now that you feel like that you have been attacked by the enemy. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is here to lift up a standard against it. And he said he may come at you in one way, but it will be so decisive that they'll leave in seven different directions. In verse 8, the Lord will guarantee your uh, guarantee a blessing on everything that you do. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything that you do, and you will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that he has given you. God wants to pour out his spirit, his blessing, his favor. God wants to take what you have and he wants to multiply it. But it goes back to this. We have a choice. Do we want to live under the favor of God, under the blessings of God, or do we want to be like the the wicked and edge God out of our lives? push God out of our lives. Ego. Ego is when you edge God out. And so today we have that choice. I long to walk under his blessing and his favor. And today I want to encourage you to think long term and to think about what's really important And I want you to go after God today. I want to pray over you today. And to do that, let's stand together. Stand together in our Grovetown campus, our South campus. And I just want you to be open today. Like I said, God may give you a flash of inspiration. He may give you an idea. He may give you a touch, a spiritual touch. Maybe it's a healing touch. 
So at this moment, I just want you to come to the place and say, God, I just receive what you have for me, just with that attitude. God, I'm receiving that blessing. I'm receiving your faith. I want you to receive this, okay? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Stevens Creek Church. I pray for the people here today. I pray, God, that your favor would rest on us. I pray for those that are struggling on the inside. That this week has been a chaotic week. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that on the inside that they would start to sense your peace. So just receive the peace of the Lord right now. Just, God, I receive your peace. God, I, we just push back that chaos and let your peace come. Now, Father, there's another group of people that they feel not chaos on the inside, but they feel like they have been attacked on the outside. And some of the attacks have come in with vicious words. Or they've come with actions. Or they've been the victim. And, and it's not their fault, but the company closed down. Or they phased that job out. And they find themselves at a critical time needing help. God, whatever the situation, I pray that you would push back the darkness. I pray, God, that you would push back the evil off of them, those evil attacks. God, I pray specifically that you would send angels, those ministering spirits, to encamp round about us. But God, not only that, we're asking very specifically that you would put them around our house. Let there be a hedge of protection around our house. God, don't let evil, don't let harm come to us. We receive that. Now, Father, across this congregation, we're extending our hands as a a sign of surrender, and we're saying, God, we give our lives to you, and we receive what you have for us. I want you to say that. Say, God, I receive what you have for me. God, I receive what you have for me. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Let's give him praise today. Well, Christmas is one of the greatest times of the year at Stevens Creek Church. And next week, we'll introduce our Christmas series called The Story of Christmas. Look forward to seeing you then. Be blessed. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.